0: like mine, it was uh, wet and cold. And uh, east of here, we actually had a little bit of snow uh, or ice, you know, whatever. It's all the same. Uh, not So uh, we're continuing uh, talking about our uh, life hacks, right? That uh, these are the things that when you get it figured out, make life easier, right? There, there's simple ways to do things uh, that might be familiar uh, in an ease, easier way, and uh, really, we're gonna we're gonna just stick to life hacks. And sure, I'm cutting in and out here. I think it's me. Here, I'll move that around. specifically talking about uh, about talking about what you say it matters and I know that sounds obvious but it's actually not uh, because I think people tend to be fairly careless with what they say. The saying goes sticks and stones may break my bones but words will never hurt me It's just not true. We have all been hurt we have been hurt more deeply by words than we've ever been hurt by sticks and stones. Okay, I realize sticks and stones can really do some damage, but you get the idea, right? That, that the use of words can so impact our life that they damage relationships, that they ruin careers, that they people to get canceled, that they damage marriages. So it is true that that sticks and stones do damage, but but words have a a lasting impact. In Proverbs 13.3, it says, whoever guards his mouth preserves his life. He who opens wide his lips Comes to ruin. Right? That if you're not careful with what you say and how you say it, there can be tremendous harm done. What we say matters, and how you say it can matter just as much. If I'm careless with my words, there can be pretty severe consequences. How severe. Can the consequences be really? Well, I kind of already indicated a few, but I wanted to take you to scripture, uh, an example of, of someone who spoke without thinking. This is in Judges chapter 11, where we read about the judge Japheth, and you might be familiar with the story a bit that uh, Jephthah was the judge who was basically leading Israel at the time. And uh, he was going to come against the Ammonites and lead the army of Israel. And here's what he said. This is chapter 11, verse 30. Jephthah made a vow to the Lord and said, if you will give the Ammonites into my hand, then whatever comes out of the door of my house to meet me when I return in peace from the Ammonites shall be the Lord's and I will offer it up as a burnt offering. Now, I don't wanna go too fast, but we can't miss what should be obvious. Does Jephthah really need to bargain with God? Right? If it is the Lord's will that they would, they would be involved in this battle and they would triumph, why does he need to, to bargain with God? Come on, God, help me do this. I'll do something for you if you do this for me. And there's definitely a problem there. Yet he said it. Now let's skip down to verse 34. Then Jephthah came to his home in Mizpah, and behold, his daughter came out to meet him with tambourines and with dances she was actually excited she had heard about his victory and she was celebrating him she was his only child besides her he had neither son nor daughter now he made a vow to god whatever comes out of my house now it seems really careless it made no sense why he would do this yet he did as soon as he saw her he tore his clothes he said alas my daughter you have brought me very low and you've become the cause of great trouble for me and she's like why? (laughs) I'm celebrating you what are you talking about? for I have opened my mouth to the Lord and I can't take back my vow she she was to be a burnt offering. She was going to be sacrificed. There are so many problems with this passage. And in fact, her response is just as troubling. Her response is, well, Father, you've opened your mouth to the Lord. Do to me according to what has gone out of your mouth. It's okay. Go ahead and sacrifice me. Just give me a little bit of time. Can I have two months to go and spend time? with my friends before this happens. And that's what happened. All right, this is a bit extreme, right? The results of careless, thoughtless words resulted in the ending of this young lady's life. In addition to a warning against careless and thoughtless words might be about making a vow saying god if you'll do this i'll do that right it's this idea that maybe if we if we plead enough we can convince god to do something that he wasn't already going to do you see it's not the same as what we're told to do in prayer right in in prayer we actually have this picture in scripture of of Jesus telling the parables he, he, a couple of different places where he keeps saying, you need to keep go, going to the judge and bugging him so that you can get justice. And the judge will finally go fine, right? Because you're bugging me so much. And that's Jesus's example of, of what we're to do in prayer. We're to continually go to the Lord in prayer and, and plead for the Lord's will to be done. You see, that's the key. And what what Jephthah did is he basically went and said, can you give me something? I don't know if you're going to do it, but if you'll do it for me, then I'll do something for you. Right? We've got this to negotiate here. And instead, what we're told is to pray for God's will. And if you ask for great things, according to his will, he'll do it. That's what we're to ask for. And so, so being careless and thoughtless with your words and, and making a vow is just silly. I don't know that there are a lot of biblical uh, characters, right? Jephthah, who is a judge, who is a, a real person chosen by God to lead. That I we go, you know, that was just stupid. But it was. And so that's the extreme, right? That's not something we're all in danger of of being a part of, right? Well, James, talking about the power of words gives warning. This is in James chapter three, starting in verse three. He says, if we put bits into the mouths of horses so that they obey us, we guide their whole body as well, right? So if you can direct their head, With just this tiny little bit in their mouth, you can guide the whole horse. Verse 4, look at the ships. Though they are large, they are driven by strong winds, they are guided by a very small rudder. Wherever the will of the pilot directs, so also the tongue is a small member, yet it boasts of great things. There is tremendous power in the things you say and the effect that it will have on people around you goes on how great a forest is set ablaze by such a small fire and the tongue is a fire a world of unrighteousness the tongue is set among other members staining the whole body setting on fire the entire course of life for every kind of beast and bird reptile sea creature can be tamed And has been tamed by mankind. But no human can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. With it we bless the Lord and Father. And with it we curse people who are made in the likeness of God. From the same mouth comes blessing and cursing, my brothers. These things ought not to be so. Does a spring pour forth from the same opening both fresh and salt water. Can a fig tree, my brothers, bear olives or a grapevine produce figs? Neither can a salt pond yield fresh water. And so th- this, this picture is so strong of, of being careful what you say because it affects everything about you. Words have ruined so many things because of carelessness and thoughtlessness. And so how we control what we say dictates how others see us and Jesus. This is, is true personally when you're face-to-face speaking to people. It is true when you're writing things, typing things. I guess typing is how we type now, right? And, and how you do that affects how others will see you. And more importantly, how they'll see Jesus. One of our heart attitudes is to live an open life, an honest and open life before others. This doesn't mean that you say everything you think, right? Every thought that pops in your head shouldn't come out of your mouth. That's not what being open and honest is. We certainly need to be careful in the way we use and the manner in which we say it going back later and saying I'm sorry but I was angry isn't an apology it's also not a valid excuse you are responsible for what you say and the way you say it Uh, one of the things that that my wife and I talked about uh, when we first got married and we've so now almost 30 years later, we still talk about this. I'm not just responsible for what I say and the way I say it. I'm responsible for how it's taken because it probably means I didn't communicate it very well. Right? When I say something and I go, why does that seem to bother her? I have to then evaluate, how did I say that? And, and if you're like me, it's not just how I said it. It was the look on my face when I said it. She picks up on that far better than I do. I'm responsible for that too. And because I don't just represent me, I represent my family, I represent my church, I represent Jesus, it matters. And I have a responsibility to make it right. In Proverbs eighteen thirteen, it says this, if, if one gives an answer before he hears, it is his folly and shame. The, the idea is, is, have you ever answered a question before the question was asked? <laughs> we all have. I was, I was saying something just this week to my daughter and I started to say, that here's what I was gonna say. Hey honey, there's some leftover fettuccine alfredo and chicken in the fridge. You could take it for lunch. Doesn't that sound Nice. And I said, honey, there's, and she turned to me and said, I know. I went, wow, you know? And then she looked at me and went, wait, what were you going to say? <laughs> and then I said it, and she goes, yeah, that's not what I thought you were going to say. Thank you. Now, we have all done that, right? We have, we have responded to what we thought someone was gonna say. Let's be honest, they've even said it and we've responded to what we thought they said and not what they actually said. And and to say that I was angry or sad, or if you're like me, I have said more hurtful things because of lack of sleep than, than any other time. And it is not an excuse. It's not. Now, I do realize something about myself, that I need sleep. And if I don't get it, I'm not a very nice person. And so when I'm dealing with the lack of sleep, I try not to say much. If you ever go, how come he's so quiet? Oh, he's tired. And he doesn't want to be a jerk. I'm trying. God's not done with me, thankfully. Be sure you know what you're talking about. Before you talk about it, then make sure the way in which you handle it comes out the way you intend. That means thinking through things, not just reacting. You see, that's a danger we all face as well. Because what we say comes out of who we are. It's not just what we say is who we are. It's that what we say is a reflection of who we are. And and let's be honest, there are times at which things come out of us that wasn't what we might have said if we had really planned it out, if we had really thought it through. That's the, in hindsight, here's what I would have said. Jesus said, this was in Matthew 15, 18, but the things that come out of the mouth come from the heart. And these things make a man unclean. And specifically, he was talking about, it's not the things you eat, the things you drink, where you got them. Those things aren't the things that make you unclean. It's what comes out that does. And see, I, I think we get that mixed up just like they did in the New Testament times. Right In the New Testament, they had this idea that, that if I eat something that was unclean, right, and there's good reason, it came from the Old Testament. But if I eat something that's unclean, then then I'm going to be unclean. I'm not going to be able in a position to serve God. And so Jesus is making it clear, look, those things don't matter near as much as what comes out of your mouth. Because what comes out of your mouth is what's inside your heart. Let me give you an example that I think you guys can identify with. I was on a road trip with my my family when my older kids were little. In, in our vehicle, we had the the seat flipped up so you can get into the third row. And so I got the the my my older at the time oldest daughter got her in the back, and then I went to lower the seat so we can get moving. And I slammed the seat on my thumb, and I was sure I had severed it. I mean, it it was that bad. I was sure I was going to look down and my thumb would be gone. It would still be in the car. And, and, and I was in more pain and I'd broken lots of bones and all kinds of things that I've done. And I never been in so much pain in my life. And I sat down, I got a towel. I sat down and I waited. And after enough time, I was able to look at it. Thumb was still there, but it was decimated. It was, yeah, I won't go into too much details. It was gross. And we had a friend of ours who was traveling with us and, and she, she kind of was making sure I was okay, making sure the kids were safe in the car and, and all that. And, and afterwards she said, you know, I could tell you were in a lot of pain. She goes, but you didn't swear once. Now that might seem, well, yeah, we would, exp- no, 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 you don't understand from where I came from coming to Christ, I had no problem saying any inappropriate language that that ever. And so now this is a few years after being a, a believer, but I still worry about those things being in my heart. And it's at those times when you smash your thumb that what's on the inside comes out. smash your thumb when when things get real real quick right when your life gets stressful what comes out of your mouth that's what's on the inside you see it's not just the well-planned out things so i'm not saying let's live that open and honest life and whatever whatever comes out is okay god's not done with me but if it does come out we'll be gracious and loving because we've all been there. I've had church members that, in that moment of stress, things come out of their mouths, and then they're horrified. I said, "Brother, sister, I've been there. Probably right, right there too. Thankfully, those words aren't a part of who I am anymore. But, but we've all been there. And so, I was excited that those words weren't a part of me anymore. Now, there's other issues, okay? So like you, like like all of us, God's not done. But when things get real in your life, what comes out? And so it's important then to not just react because those things will come out unfiltered. And then you have to go back to Proverbs 18, 13 giving an answer before you hear, or all the way back to 13.3 if you don't guard your words and you don't preserve your life Proverbs 19.11 good sense makes one slow to anger and it is his glory to overlook an offense right you don't just react think it through not just reacting but, but planning In Proverbs 29 11, A fool gives full vent to his spirit But a wise man Quietly holds it back There, there is a, a point at which You don't just let loose This doesn't mean bottle it up Right There's, there's a difference here and, and, it's, and it's such a fine difference It means that there are In which you can sit down with and say, I'm struggling. I'm having a hard time. Can you pray for me? I was really mad. Here's what was going on. These are the people that will listen and be there and support you. They'll speak the truth in love. They'll call you out when you make mistakes. They'll encourage you to do what's right. They're 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 the church. And so that's kind of the benefit of, of church. It's not all of it. There's more to church, but that's a huge part of it. That you should have that group of guys. You should have a group of guys that you would send the text to, that you would send the, the, the email that you would call up and that you would in passing be able to say, here's what's going on. Can you pray for me? Ladies, you should have the same. They should be ladies, That you would be able to say, Here's what's going on. Can you pray for me? And guys, the ladies do it naturally. We don't. We need to man up and do it. We got to be more open about how we struggle. And so we don't give full vent to our anger, we quietly hold it back, but we find a way not. So that it's healthy. And then here's the danger of careless words, thoughtless words. We will be held accountable for what we say. You guys are aware of this. Of course, we're held accountable. There are consequences to what we say, we can't verbally trample on others. And expect there to be no effect, no consequences. Jesus talking about words of the Pharisees, Matthew 12, 34. He says, you brood of vipers, how can you speak good when you are evil? For out of an abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. The good person out of his good treasure brings forth and the evil person out of his evil brings forth evil. So, so it's kind of what's inside comes out. He goes, that's going to happen. And then verse 36 I tell you, on the day of judgment, people will give an account for every careless word they speak. For by your own words you will be justified, and by your words. says if you confess me before man I'll confess you before my father in heaven there's the power of words he says, but if you deny me before man I'll deny you before my father in heaven the power of words it's real maybe you're not convinced about the power of words if I ask you to think of some historical figures my guess is you will think of some of the words they have said before anything they did the first one that comes to mind is Martin Luther King Jr. And probably the most famous thing that he said is, I have a dream. I have a dream that my four little children will one day live in a nation where they will not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. I have a dream, right? The power of words. John F. Kennedy and said lots of things, but but my favorite, he says, we choose to go to the moon in this decade and do the other thing not because they are easy but because they are hard and then Franklin Delano Roosevelt we have nothing to fear but fear itself ultimately the power of words we treat words carefully out of respect the word. And the word was with God and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God and all things were made through him and without him was not anything made that was made and in him was life. And the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. You you want a, a clear picture of why it's important Seriously, it was through words that God created. And he being the word of God, Jesus. Can't stress it enough. So what do we do? Well, my guess is, as we've been talking, you've probably done the same thing I did as I was preparing for. someone said something that hurt. Whether I was was little and I recall something and and it hurt then, maybe I didn't understand, maybe I did and it was still hurtful. Uh, The other thing is that I reflected on things that I had said that hurt others. So what do I do about it? Here's the first. someone your responsibility to confess it as sin. That before God, you ask for forgiveness. That's the first place we go. We go to the Lord. And it might be to ask for forgiveness uh, for the things we said as that were damaging and hurtful, to ask for forgiveness of our sin, and then to trust that God is faithful. Jesus Christ died on the cross to pay for our sins, that we might believe him and repent and be saved. Well, here's the rest. These are the next steps today, by the way. Reflect on the times when I have not been careful with my words. And because one of our heart attitudes is to clear up relationships I may need to apologize and ask for forgiveness now here's the trick right I don't when I reflect on something I said that I know wasn't right I don't apologize and excuse it I'm really sorry but I'm really sorry no, my response is, "I'm sorry. What I said hurt. Will you forgive me?" There's a big difference between those. I was in a a meeting one time, and uh, I was I was feeling funny. I was making jokes. I was cutting up. I was I was entertaining myself, if no one else. And the meeting was over next day, I thought about one thing that I had said that was funny at someone else's expense. I felt horrible when conviction serious. I thought, man, I need to apologize. I need to make it right. And so the young lady who uh, was the, the butt of the joke called her up said, I am so sorry. You know, I said it and thought it was funny, but it wasn't funny. It was probably hurtful. Will you forgive me? You know, her response was, no, you said what? She didn't even remember it. Uh, Which means she was very quick to say, yes, I forgive you. It's not a problem. See, that was a, a positive experience. Where someone was very quick to forgive. Because there wasn't much hurt given. I have hurt people far deeper and not gone back near as quick to make it right. It's so much harder the longer you wait. Don't wait. So we need to make those relationships right. And then second, my next step today is to forgive the hurt given me by others careless. to wait for them to come to me to forgive them I might be waiting an awful long time and I have been hurt by people that are no longer living I don't wait for that so when I forgive it's not to forgive them it's, it has to do with between me and my relationship with God So I need to be quick to forgive you know why right because we've been forgiven so much. Scripture makes it clear that the offense done to us was really small compared to us offending God with our sin. So much so that he had to give his son to die on the cross to pay for that sin. How do I pay for my careless words? I ask for forgiveness and and people give it. How does God pay for my offense? my sin with the sacrifice of his only son. All right. Mine was quite a bit smaller. I can be quicker to forgive. So if that's you, you need to maybe ask for forgiveness, then I'll encourage you to do that. If you need to go to the Lord in prayer and ask him to forgive your sins, whether it's the first time or the 51st time, then reflecting if there's some offense that you need to forgive then today is the day let me pray heavenly father you are so good to us that you gave us your son to die on the cross to pay for our sins to do for us what we cannot do for ourselves father i pray That as we reflect on careless words, thoughtless words, offense that we have given. Father, that we would be very careful to make those relationships right. To ask for forgiveness and to be willing to forgive. Maybe even before we have been asked. each one here father probably thinking about the the hurt done us by the words of others father that that you might use that reflection your words that are so clear and the power of those words that we would be careful moving forward we would also, understand you and your sacrifice for us that much better. Father, we thank you. We thank you for Jesus. We thank you for your love and your grace, your mercy. In Jesus' name we pray.